0: Growing a successful design business is hard work. There's so much to do and so little time to get it all done, not to mention the
1: actual design work. The good news is that we are here to help. I'm Krista, the WordPress developer and website strategist from KristaRay.co, And I'm Corey, the
0: designer and creative coach from CoreyWoodard.com.
1: In the Get Back to Design podcast, we're gonna share strategies and tools to help streamline and grow your design business, ditch the code and anything else you don't love, and, well, get back to design. Grab
0: a cup of coffee, open that Illustrator file you've been working on, and let's dive in. So, this week's episode is a big one that I think absolutely every single designer out there really, really needs to listen to. So, a couple years ago, I had a horrifying experience with a client who I had no idea was going to be such a pain Mm -hmm. and so scary. And that client actually ended up threatening to take me to court over her project. And when I was looking for advice in between the tears, because there were many, many Mm tears, I asked in a Facebook group, um, basically, you know, what do I do here? What's What can even be done, you know? And I actually learned that this same kind of thing had happened with so many other designers. They had all been at the mercy of these really awful clients who were threatening crazy things. And I'm really lucky that, one, I had a decent contract in place, which actually protected me against the PayPal disputes that she was sending my way. And two, I was willing to give in and say, go away, crazy lady. I am not going to court with you. Take whatever you want. So today we are going to cover just a few things that we both think you really need to have in your contract to protect you and your client. So hopefully you never have to experience what I did.
1: Yeah, I went through something kind of similar. She wasn't threatening court, but we had PayPal disputes, and like you, I had my contract. She actually didn't really care that I had a contract, but I'm still so, so glad that I did. Um, And yeah, I just ended up being like, okay, here is all your money, please leave me alone. But I think in these situations, we both learn how important our contracts are, and learn what extra, extra things we need to add to them to protect ourselves even more. So I'm excited to talk about the few things you have outlined here today.
0: Yeah, I think with pretty much every single, well, I wouldn't say every single, but a lot of clients throughout the years that I've been working, I have had one thing or another that's happened that's made me tweak my contract. I think it's totally normal to constantly be tweaking and changing and making sure that you know, you are covered and your clients too, because at the end of the day, I think one thing that a lot of designers kind of don't think about as much is that your contract is to protect them just as much as it is to protect you in the event that something goes wrong. So yeah, Yeah, good point. All right, let's dive right in. So the first one, and let me just say here before I get started, these aren't really in any kind of order as to importance. These are all equally important in my opinion. Yeah, you need them all. Yes. So the first one is payments and refunds. So this is a big one. And if you are working with anyone, even if they are just giving you like 20 bucks, you definitely need a contract and you need the contract to say something about the payment and the refund. First up, how do you accept payments? This is something that you can quickly outline. It's not super, super important, but sometimes if you're working with like corporate clients, they want to send you a check instead of paying you via like a debit or credit card. So if you have any specific way that you accept payments, definitely be sure to include some kind of line about that. Something else is when will their payments be due once they have agreed to book the project? So this is really important because I think sometimes people who have never worked with a designer, they get to the very end of the project and they think that the project should be done before they pay in full. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you. Actually, I do know about you, but that's not (laughs) how I work. Like I want to be paid in full and know I'm going to be able to pay my bills Mm -hmm. before I turn over everything.
1: Yeah. I was just thinking about this the other day because I saw someone in a Facebook group saying something about not, being paid from a client. She's like, I don't require full payment before I hand over their website because that's just not the kind of business I run. I was like, I don't know. I, that's fine, but that's the kind of business I run. Like, if a jerk's not going to pay me, that is the kind of business I'm going to run. I'm going to make sure I get paid. So I don't think that makes us like any less of, you know, nice people if we need to get payment before we hand everything over. <laughs> I was very now, surprised by that.
0: Yeah, that's really surprising to me too. I don't feel like requiring the full payment before you hand over the hard work that you've been doing makes you like a crappy business owner. If anything, it makes you, one, susceptible to the client running off with your work and not paying you in full, but it also kind of just, in my opinion, and this may sound really mean, makes you look like you don't have a ton of experience because... I feel like everyone wants to be paid for the work that they've been done. Mm -hmm. And you're just leaving a door wide open, waiting for one of your clients to eventually take advantage of it.
1: Yeah, and I've tried to be nice on this in the past. And sometimes I still get caught doing it if I'm making like small updates to someone's live site. But I'd say 50% of the time I'm stuck chasing them down afterwards like, yo, you know, your payment's overdue. What's going on? You know, and I have, like, scripts in place and stuff that I use for that, but it happens. Like, if it hasn't happened to you yet, congratulations. Like, that's awesome, but it probably will if you don't require payments before you turn your work over.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, To just kind of build on that, most designers, myself included, will take half the payment up front, so before any work is done, Mm -hmm. and then the other half of the payment is due before the very end of the project. So for me, it depends on the project. If I'm just doing branding, for example, I want that last half before I send them their final files. And if I am doing websites, I require that last half before I will install their website because that's the one where people are going to, like, take your work and run away and never talk to you again. Yeah, that is not fun. And then kind of building off of that, too, um, I even use contracts with, like, new clients who just want hourly work. So I will send them a contract that says, you know – this is how long I'm expecting the project to take, here's how I'm gonna bill you, you have this many days to pay me after I send you the final invoice or you're gonna get a late fee. So that's mm-hmm. something else to think about too when it yeah. comes to payments. Yeah, what are the consequences? Mm-hmm. And then the next thing is just refunds. And I know this isn't fun to think about, but it is really important. So you want to be really clear about what point you will and won't refund the client. I can't remember all of the specifics about that, oh my gosh, tornado of a client that I had a couple years ago. But I think she wanted a refund, even though I had done all of her branding. And I was like, but you've paid for the branding portion. So I don't technically owe you anything. Um, So it's just really important to think about that. I, in my contract, also include, you know, depending on the amount of work that's been done, will dictate how much you get back, if anything. So I also had one client, probably around the same time, two or three years ago, that I booked. And then when we were doing his mood board process, I realized it was not a great fit and men were not gonna be Mm -hmm. my ideal um, market, which I never thought they were. But instead of just struggling through the project, I was like, you know what, we've hardly done any work, let me just refund you and refer you to some other people instead of you know, making this a really tough experience for both of us.
1: Yeah, you really have to pick your battles here. And that's how I got in trouble last time and I would do it totally differently. My contract says the down payment is non-refundable. Um, If your stuff is late, you know, it's extra fees. And that's what this client did. It came time for us to start. I had nothing I needed. And I was like, I can't do this project. You know, I'm gonna cancel it because I don't have anything I need. Down payment is non-refundable. And she threw a fit and went to PayPal, went to her bank, all this stuff. In hindsight and from going forward, I will just refund. Like, yes, now I have a slot open in my schedule that I'm not gonna get paid for and that stinks. But it is just not worth the stress unless you like don't get bothered by things at all. It's just not worth it. I'm not one of those people. I get bothered.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because when the person does that to you, it's really hard not to take it personally. I feel like even if it's just like in your situation where you hadn't done any work yet, they just weren't ready and it was their fault, it's still really hard not to sit on your couch with a tub of ice cream and say, I never want to do this ever again because I know you are experiencing that. And that is exactly what I kept telling my husband with this other client. I was like, I don't ever want to take on another client ever again because this could happen again. And it's so emotionally draining to deal Mm -hmm. with it. Unless you're like, you know, very thick skin and you just really don't care because – Come teach us if you're like that. Yeah, come help us out
1: here. (laughs) (laughs) Before you move on to your next point here, I want to kind of circle back and touch on something about payments quickly that, I thought of after we had already moved on, Um, and that was we were talking about kind of consequences right at the end. Make sure the exact consequences are listed in your contract as well, because I've had people, I've seen people in Facebook groups and even in our mastermind be like, okay, it says their payment is due, you know, at this time, and they didn't they didn't pay it. What do I do? It's like, well, what does your contract say you're gonna do? And if you have nothing in there, you can't really do anything. So make sure. I just wanted to remind you guys, make sure if you're gonna have an extra fee or just you know a one charge, that exact charge is in there. Otherwise you can't really do anything about it.
0: Yeah. That's a really good point. And be mindful of how long, you know, you're going to wait for the consequence, you know, whatever it is. I think when I think of consequences, I'm going straight to the end of the project. So late fees are like the primary consequence I could think of. And you really want to be mindful of you know, the actual timeline that you set in place. Because earlier this year, I actually had a client who decided she was gonna wait the whole 10 days of my late period and then pay, and she told me up front, she was like, well, I'm not gonna be paid until here, so I'm not gonna pay you until this day. And I was really frustrated because it was a rough project. And so by the end, I was like, So you're going to wait, okay, well, I'll just let you know what the late fees are. And I went and looked at my contract and I was like, she literally is like on the very last day of the late period going to pay me. So keep in mind of what that is too. Obviously, I don't say, you know, give them like 24 business hours and then there's a late fee. You want to kind of give them a little bit of wiggle room but don't give them too much because there will be some people who consciously or subconsciously will take advantage
1: of it. Yep, yep, you don't want your terms to make you miserable, basically.
0: Yeah, exactly. And speaking of terms, the next thing we're gonna talk about is just the term and termination of your contract. So first up, how long is this contract in effect? And for most projects, this is really blatantly obvious. So your contract is in effect as long as you're working on the project. So if your branding takes six weeks, then it's a six week contract. But a lot of times I have noticed that more and more designers are doing recurring work to kind of keep that money flow coming in. And you still need a contract to cover you and a contract to say, okay, here's how long we're going to be working together under these specific terms. So definitely make sure that you have at least in your like extra contract for this recurring or hourly work that you cover, okay, here's how long I'm going to be available for you. And after this contract period is over, then we may need to, you know, renegotiate price or something like that. Yeah. Then there's the awkward thing. And that is what happens when the project is terminated. And I say when, but I really mean if the project is terminated. Now, I have had to cancel... Two clients in the past, one of those I just talked about, Um, and I will say that this comes into play just as much as the refund section. So this is where, in my opinion, you can get really clear about what both you and your client are responsible for, regardless of why the project is getting canceled and regardless of who is doing the canceling. So the first thing to think about is your client. So will they still owe you a portion depending on how much work has been done? And this you can kind of reference back to your refund section, Um, you know, let them know again because it never hurts to have multiple of the same thing in your contract. It protects you even more in my opinion. But will they still owe you a certain amount depending on where the project is? Will you owe them a refund? something else to think about.
1: Be careful here though, because if you cancel a project in almost all circumstances, a client is not going to be willing to give you extra money no matter where you are. So that's where, you know, we were talking earlier Corey said she does like 50% up, up front and 50% at the end. If you find yourself running into an issue where you are owed for work and your clients aren't willing to pay, you might want to add maybe an extra installment in the middle there to make sure you're kind of always you know paid what you should be paid at any point to protect yourself if something does happen and you do need to cancel. Yeah, that's a good idea.
0: Um, also don't forget about your responsibilities as the designer. So number one, will you deliver any work that has been completed? So with that client who was threatening to take me to court, she had technically paid me for branding and we had completed the branding, even though she said she was really unhappy with it. So I sent her Her whole entire branding package, like everything I would normally send a client at the end of the project. And I said, you know, here's this, we have your website left, but clearly we cannot move forward. So here is what you've paid me for. And I think that is the best thing you can do. Hopefully they are at least happy with the work you've done. Hopefully you're not canceling the project because you hate each other. (laughs) Um, But if they have paid you and you have in your contract that... You don't do a refund after all this work has been done. Just consider, are you going to give them their mock-ups, even if they don't know how to do anything with it? Are you going to give them their brand files? Like, don't hold things hostage just because it is a crummy ending to the project.
1: Yeah, I had to cancel a project uh, in January this year. And as badly as I wanted to be like, you guys stink. I'm not giving you anything. I just handed over everything. They weren't being jerks about payment. They were totally willing. They weren't asking for refunds or anything. So I gave them all my theme files. I gave them a backup of my demo site, all that stuff, just to you know end as peacefully as we possibly could in a really crappy situation. Yep, and I think that's the
0: best thing you can do yeah. to kind of help avoid... The client being even more disappointed than they yeah. already were. Mm-hmm. So something else to think about here is what will you do with any sensitive information or content that they've sent your way? Um, Because a lot of the times, especially if you do website projects, your clients have likely already sent you passwords to tons of different things. Mm -hmm. And I know that a lot of times it can be as simple as deleting an email or deleting a file from your computer, but it still is a good idea to let them know that, you know if the project gets canceled, I am not obviously going to hold on to this stuff. Like I'm going to delete it. You're going to be fine. You don't have to worry about me hacking into your website and breaking everything just because I'm mad at you. (laughs) So just include a quick line or two, you know, in there about what's going to happen to those things and go from there you started your own design business yay the creative side of your business the side where you get to spend your days designing rocks but everything else not so much Maybe your days are starting to run you and you found yourself not doing nearly as much design work as you'd like to be. Instead, you're trying to stay afloat under an ever-growing to-do list of invoicing, sending contracts, staying organized, scheduling projects, and so much more. You're making money, but you know, if you could just get your business more organized and create a better client experience, then it'll be easier to raise your rates and make running your own design business more enjoyable for you. If you're ready to ditch all of that overwhelm and get back to loving what you do and even looking forward to getting to work in the morning, head to getbacktodesign.co slash coaching and learn about how we can work together one-on-one to streamline and grow your business so you can get back to design. So next up is another thing that I think can be kind of tricky for designers and I and am really curious to hear from our listeners on this and even you, Krista, because I've kind of gone back and forth on this throughout the years. I'm pretty solid in where I am now, but that is rights to the work. So I think this can be so tricky and kind of a thin line that people have to walk because when you're just getting started, you think... I want the rights. I created the work, so therefore it is my intellectual property, and I want to keep everything. And like I said, I actually went back and forth on this. That's where I started. I thought Mm -hmm. because that's how copyright works, that if I created something, I should keep the rights. And then um, someone, I think it was Adam or Allie from the Wonder Jam, um, they brought up a really good point, I think somewhere on Twitter, this was so many years ago, but (laughs) they brought up a good point that if you retain all rights, 100% rights, then your client realistically could expect you to file any copyright or trademark for them. So when I read that, I was like, do I want to do that? I have filed copyrights before, and the answer to that is no. (laughs) I do not want to do that for any of my clients. And I know trademarks are even more intense, so mm -mm, no, definitely don't want that. So if you don't want to deal with that, I think a good way to kind of get around it is maybe giving your clients limited rights. So this is kind of what I do. Um, First thing to think about is can they manipulate your designs? And I think probably all the designers listening are like, no, they can't. Um, If you don't want them manipulating it in any way, shape, or form, then you have to include that because otherwise they don't know and they will do it. They will do it. They will do it. (laughs) Um, another thing is what do they have the right to use their files on or for? So this specifically probably hits more on the branding side. Um, what are you going to allow them to do themselves? For me, take it. If you want to create your business cards, go for it, whatever. You know, I'm, I don't like to hold my clients hostage for things like that just because I know sometimes financially it's easier for them to just deal with some of that stuff rather than hire me again. However, I do want to retain certain rights. And the main thing I like to retain, and I definitely include this in my contract, is the right to show off my work. So I say on there, I want to be able to show it on my website, you know, in a blog post. I also want to be able to use it for promotional materials, but in that aspect, I'm also sure to include that I'm not going to use their work that I've created in any way that would be in competition with them. So that's something else to keep in mind because obviously you don't want to kind of use your work against your clients.
1: Yeah, very good point i like your views on this i've i've never had to think about it as much cuz i don't do design and since i do primarily wordpress development a big you know reason people use wordpress is freedom so i'm never going to say you can't modify the theme i make you they can do whatever they want but i i do include the part that's like you know this is mine to show off in my portfolio you know i you know retain the right to claim credit for this and if i have any like custom features built in i can reuse that Um, things like that, but I don't have anything like saying that they don't own it and can't make changes. But it's very different when all I'm doing is development and no design. It's also important to include these things in your contract,
0: even though you may think they're like a secondary thing, because Both of us actually recently saw where someone in a Facebook group was saying that they had worked with a client and then the client said, I don't want you to show this in your portfolio, I don't want you to include your credit on the website, like I don't want you to do anything. And while sometimes you might be okay with that, I have certainly done work that is not in my portfolio that I didn't want to include my link on, you know, for one reason or the, or the other. Most of the time it's because the client was really, really incredibly picky on certain things <laughs> that I didn't agree with. Side topic there. <laughs> um, but a lot of the times you do want to show off your work. That's how you get more work. So just... <laughs> consider what you wanna be able to do and what kind of rights you wanna be able to retain when you're you know, outlining your contract.
1: Yep, it might seem like you'll never run across that situation, but you might. So just be really, really clear about what rights you have. Definitely.
0: And the last thing that you have to include in your contract is just the really boring legal stuff. So this is usually the big deal lawyer talk that makes no sense to any of us. And honestly, I think for a long time, I'd pretty much copied and pasted what I had here. But there are a few very specific legal things that you kind of need to include. Number one is if you need to go to court, where is that going to take place? So for mine, I know I have it set to if. God forbid anyone took me to court, it would happen in my home um, city, my hometown. Um, Something else to think about is can you be held liable if something goes wrong with their business, with their website, whatever it is? Um, a lot of the times the answer is no. So if they install a plugin on their website after you are long gone and someone hacks in and deletes everything and shows some questionable material on their domain name, mm-hmm. you are not liable for that because you didn't install that plugin. But you still have to say that because, yep. you know, like we are kind of saying here... There's never the person who's going to hold you liable until there is. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. And then something else is can the contract be transferred to someone else? So this is probably often a no too, but it can't be transferred to some random third party that has nothing to do with the project and they can't come in and start demanding a bunch of random stuff of you. Yep. So – just to kind of recap here there are several lots so many things you should include in your contract but i think by far these are probably the most important so just to you know recap like i said payments and refunds the term and termination of your contract the rights of your work and then just that boring mumbo jumbo legal stuff and at the end of the day Whatever you include in your contract, make sure it's actually legal. <laughs> so writing a bunch of random stuff in there won't necessarily protect you in court. So I think that is something really important to say here at the end, especially for new designers who are just getting started, because I think I, I I wrote my very first contract and I thought this is quite great. It will protect (laughs) me. And I can guarantee you if any of those clients ever had taken me to court, the judge would have laughed and
1: been like, no, (laughs) next. Yep. Yeah. And to make this cheaper, it is expensive to get like a real contract made, but buy a template from a shop out there, you know, that specializes or has a designer contract, make the edits you want, and then bring that to a lawyer because it's so much cheaper to have a lawyer review something than write something from scratch. So if you're kind of on a budget, that's definitely an option you might want to look at.
0: Not only that, but it's cheaper to have a lawyer look at your Mm -hmm. contract than it would be to hire a lawyer to defend you in court.
1: Yeah, that too. (laughs)
0: So just a big old eye opener there for everyone. (laughs) So the action steps for this episode would be to go through your contract and make sure these things are included. So you may disagree with um, some of the stances we take on certain things here in this episode, but make sure that at least you have what you want regarding these things in your contract. And then like Krista said, consider buying a contract template from a lawyer to make sure that you're really covered and that your clients are covered too. And we will include two links. I know of two um, lawyers for creative business owners. We'll be sure to include those two templates in our show notes. And something else you can always consider if you are not sure where to start locally. Um, I've heard of many, many creative business owners turning to legal. Zoom. Um, Many people have done that for trademarks and um, incorporation and just all kinds of things. So don't be afraid to kind of explore that option as well to get help with your contract if you need to.
1: Thank you so much for listening. For show notes, past episodes, and more information about the two of us, visit us online at getbacktodesign.co.
0: If you enjoyed today's show, it would mean the world to Krista and I if you take two minutes to head on over to iTunes and leave a review. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes are available.
1: Now put what you learned into action so you can streamline and grow your business, ditch the code, and get back to design.